the big end. Look at the turn. Oh, that was brilliant. Look, Bruce. Gee, it's a good kick. It is a great kick. It's one for the ages. O'Brien, some candy. And then a goal. Lewis runs into the open goal. Thank you very much. The Hawks are back in town. Draft is done and dusted for another year and we're super excited to welcome five new faces to the mighty HFC. We're back to discuss Hawthorne's draft performance in detail right here on the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason and joining me as always is a man who struggled to stay awake throughout an extremely long and exhausting evening. G'day Tiz. Oh yeah, it was pretty exhausting. I got really excited at the beginning and then I got even more excited when we bid it on Braden Campbell as well. That seemed a little vindictive after they took Logan McDonald up to the Swans. I enjoyed that a lot. Now, do you reckon, just off that, we did hear rumblings that uh, we were going to do a deal with North, right? That was the late mail. That was the, the chatter leading into the draft. Do you think that Hawthorne suspected or had word that Sydney were right into Logan McDonald? And they wanted to leapfrog them, and they just needed to shore that up. That that could have been the option, but look, um, Denver has held Logan McDonald a couple of times already, so there's no indication that he won't be able to do it. And we'll have the um, the antidote to one of the best forwards. It'll be good. Oh no, I love that. <laughs> I'm pretty happy. Look, I'm going to put my hand up and say that I did not predict that we would choose DGB. Um, I thought we were going to go a midfielder, or if we were going to go at all, we'd go a forward. I didn't. I really didn't think we'd pick him, but uh, I got to say, now that we're here, I'm actually pretty happy with it. I was surprised with uh, North taking a mid. I thought they'd they'd probably take Denver because their backstocks look pretty depleted. But um, you know, I, I think I'm on record as saying I don't really want a key defender coming into the club. And <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to. Well, I mean, you know, can't we just vulture them off other clubs? But to me, actually, this is the first time I think Hawthorne, that was the first indication that this is a rebuild mm. and this is a new structure for a new side. So we don't have a very good record recently of developing key position players. Yep. Um so it's good to see some very, very high-quality talent reach the club that won't require too much tinkering to get them up to AFL standard. And, you know, he played Waffle in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've, you can see what he's done. And he's a safe pick. Pick six, in fact, uh, Denver Granger Barras, key defender, 195 centimetres, 78 kilos. I mean, obviously he's been talked about ad nauseum what can be said that hasn't already been said he's the premier defender in the draft crop this year coming from as you say swan districts uh his aerial dominance was the thing that caught the eye of most clubs uh a lot of them after the fact uh it was sort of released anonymously uh from club representatives that a lot of them had him rated at number one um that that's how they would have spent their pick yeah it's fascinating uh, to have that kind of look back at it. Um, the fact that he drifted to pick six, that shocked me. I think he's better than pick six. Very lucky to have him. If we can build a side around him uh, as a fulcrum to the defence, 
you know, it can free up Clarko to move a lot of players around upfield. And uh, being an interceptor, that is so important. Well, that's the thing. He's a very good intercept mark. That's part of his game. And combined with that elite speed and agility, the overall footy IQ and a strong contested game, you've got a complete package here for a key defender. And uh, look, everything you read about him suggests that DGB is just super rock solid. And Tiz, I look at this and our defense is officially stacked with intercept marking power. And uh, I reckon it's going to set us up very nicely. Yeah, it's a kind of obvious ploy that Hawthorne's adopted. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Denver at full forward, though. (laughs) I did wonder about that. It'll be full forward under Sammy Mitchell, obviously learning the game at both ends. What do you think? It's such a Hawthorne thing to do, isn't it? I would not be shocked if they pulled that. Uh, We heard from Jesse at Hawk Talk Pod. I'm interested in us passing on a midfielder and getting DGB. Kid seems great. Looks like they trust the midfielders coming through. Maybe Finn's starting to make a strong case. Well, I do think that we're very lucky in how late Connor Downey went. Oh, yes. Because I see him as the top 15. So that's a premium mid coming in. Um, And he's raring to go, even though he didn't play any footy in 2020. So I also know that next year the mids are stacked up early in the draft. They're calling it the double draft. And so get, you know, get a key tall in this year and then go for your mid next year. Also, it's very important to to um, make note of the fact that we traded into the second round for Collingwood's yeah. pick. Yep. Um, so just another reason to hope that Collingwood have a dismal year next year. It certainly seems set up for that, so I don't mind it at all. It's pretty good. (laughs) Uh, Look, I think we should give a nod to uh, Finn McGuinness since we did give him a mention there. Uh, King of the time trial yet again. Second consecutive year. He's gone back-to-back. Yes, well, um, seen off Smithy, obviously. (laughs) He's seen off most of the top five from last year. They're they're no longer at the club. (laughs) But he is... um... That is the first one back. I think it's the time trial that happens at the end of preseason that matters. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he has kept himself in very good nick. I have Instagram. The Hawk Talk Pod has Instagram now, so don't worry. I know all about that, mate. <laughs> Let's move on to our next pick. Pick 29, a small medium forward. Not so fast. Let's let's not rush this at all. Let's hear from Gil. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's hear from a representative from NAB. <laughs> What was that? That was so awkward. Now, I've got to confess something. I was not watching Fox Footy. Uh, I cancelled my KO subscription just a short time ago. So I was following the coverage on the AFL website with um, Nat, Cal and Riley, who uh, are just a great trio. I think they did a remarkable job. I mean, as expected, I think they're great. But it was a long evening and they were very entertaining throughout. Uh, So I missed all of that. I missed all the speeches and all that. I didn't know what people were talking about. And the other thing that happened was Collingwood were making all these trades, one of which we benefited from. And, and there was one, I think it was Connor Stone, that was bid on by um, GWS. And I heard the Connor. I'm like, oh, no. Because <laughs> we've still got our second round pick. But uh, it was Connor Stone. And then finally we got to our pick again, which was great relief because no one had bid on Connor Downey. Yep. And uh, Seamus, what a name, Seamus Mitchell. Yes, another S. Mitchell at Hawthorne. Good to see, good to see. Yeah, out of the Bendigo Pioneers. No footy in 2020, but um, 
what's the word? He's, he's a freak around goals, creative with a lot of speed, and that's going to be a theme for a number of our targets. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, and I'm pleased to see it is a theme because in, in the little preview that we did, that, uh, as you'll recall, was the emphasis of my research. When I was looking through the draft crop, I was sort of, in a way, sorting by speed and agility and excitement. So to see that Seamus Mitchell got picked up, it, I mean, look, it was a surprise. A lot of experts predicted he'd go late or perhaps get picked up as a rookie. But there was one man, Tiz, a friend of the show, <laughs> Carrie Bacanara, who tipped that he would go at pick 31, which is almost bang on because we got him at pick 29. Uh, the appeal here for Mitchell's obvious, that elite speed, agility, good vertical leap. you got sharp footy smarts. He's got plenty of creativity with ball in hand and a desire to take the game on. So... I mean, that, as a package, sounds great. Everything you want in a footy player, isn't it? That's uh, exactly what we want. And I didn't realise he had a good vertical leap, to be honest. But Yeah, no, not only a good vertical leap, but rated as elite. So he's done all right there. Uh, just an interesting tidbit about Seamus Mitchell as well. Just last week, he suffered a grade one medial strain and an ankle sprain at the same time. Wow. So that that happened when a player fell across his leg in the tackles. That's awful luck. Uh, so he's not expected to return to training until Jan. But, I mean, obviously Hawthorne was aware of this. The clubs were made aware of it. Uh, but, you know, the Hawks took the punt anyway. They like what they see. This is, you know, I mean, the word is done to death around this time of year. But he's a bolter, Seamus Mitchell, in more ways than one tis. Yeah, very exciting little player. Um, little bit poppy-esque. Can I say that? I think Seamus Mitchell has the makings of the next Buopolo, for sure. And then we all relaxed and we waited for the bid to come and uh, we thought, what club will it be? <laughs> Who else? Who else would it be, Tiz? I, I should have known. I should have known it was going to be North. And I believe I said the exact same thing about Finn McGuinness last year. Of course it was North <laughs> Melbourne. Yeah, so the bid came at 35 and we matched... And Connor Downey is now in brown and gold officially, having spent five years in the academy. Yeah, it's a good end to that story and the beginning of a new one. Uh, and, and it couldn't come at a better time because I'm pretty tired of watching the same run of highlights over and over again. As great as they are, I'm so ready to see what Connor Downey can bring to the Hawks. He's got that superb kick penetration quality run and carry uh, he's played predominantly as a defender but he's got the makings you can see of a damaging wingman and could easily become quite a weapon in that part of the ground and i think the other thing to add is his leadership qualities have been highly touted as well what more do you need than a uh, left-footed wingman we haven't had one of them for a while have we is that is that right <laughs> i cannot recall your honor <laughs> Name redacted. <laughs> Seen that going on on Twitter a fair bit. I, I understand it's still raw for people. That's all right. There's a grace period. Uh, so, look, great scenes with Connor Downey. I, I think that was um, really the feel-good moment of our draft is, is seeing him with his family and he was all smiles. And that was just such a relief to get there. Yeah, well, I think it was pretty much set in stone. Like, you'd have to have... Um, really fallen off in 2020 for him, for us not to take him. Yeah. Um, because he performed so well for Vic Metro in 2019 mm. and as a very young player, of course. Now we move on to our next pick, which came at 46, a small forward, Tyler Brockman, 181 centimetres, 75 kilos. Now, Tiz, 
part of the reason I liked the look of Archie Perkins, who, of course, we'll never speak of again because he's gone to the bad club. Uh, <laughs> I knew uh, that would happen. Oh, I'm pretty sure Essendon worded him up and said, listen, mate, just tell everyone you can't travel interstate, just so we're sure. I wouldn't put it past a club known for their whiteboard shenanigans, Tiz, which is just... That was incredible. Two out of three of their recruits in that top ten were on the whiteboard behind them in that Zoom call, famously. That's how he keeps his job. They're like, oh, look at that. He predicted what he'd actually take. Well, he's in total control, really. Um, He just didn't pick anybody who'd be taken by another club. Well done, sir. (laughs) Oh, it's, it's all just such a silly saga indeed. But anyway, part of the reason I liked Perkins was, of course, the X Factor. And it, it seems we've acquired some of that in Tyler Brockman. Because um, like Seamus Mitchell, it's predicted he'd go pretty late. Uh, and perhaps we've taken another chance here, Tiz. Yeah, well, he's out of uh, Perth. Um, played for the Colts in the Waffle. Uh, Ten games. Think of a... I mean, he's 181 centimetres, 75 kilos, so he's tiny. And agile and speedy, and he loves to tackle. So if we're talking about uh, Poppy and being likened likened to Seamus Mitchell, I think this is probably Poppy 2.0. He might be the heir to Puopolo's throne. Uh, high impact type, writes the AFL Draft Central. Explosive speed, creativity in the forward half. Yeah, excitement machine written all over him. And uh, I think that could provide Hawthorne with a spark that, you know hasn't really been in our offensive prowess for a while. It's just been a hot minute. Uh, Puopolo was getting on, and obviously it's been quite a while now without Cyril, and could this be the start of something, the return of something special to the Hawthorne forward line? I like the look of him. Well, I tell you what, there's a few small Hawthorne forwards currently on the list that'd be worried about their spots. Yeah, no, they should be. Uh, It's healthy competition, Tiz. I like it. They've got to battle it out. And then, with all those smiling faces in our minds, we... um well, fell asleep on the couch, couldn't be bothered <laughs> going to bed. Well, you said something like, wake me up when we make a bid on Rioli. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish that had happened. Well, Essendon did. Yeah, and then as soon as they'd made two bids on other players, uh, they went to bed. So <laughs> so we woke up the next day, we woke up the next day and sort of just eased our way into the, uh, the pre-season and rookie draft. And uh, we did take one more player at pick four. We took Jack Saunders. Yeah. Now, do we consider him a bolter? It was certainly a surprise. Uh, Researching stuff about Jack Saunders is a little bit tricky, to be honest. And this is not to say he's not a good player, but uh, he he just um, doesn't have the spotlight on him. Well, I mean, if you consider Tyler Brockman a small forward at 181, you've got Jack Saunders, who's uh, 178 centimetres, 71 kilos. Mm. So... He's meant to be a tackling force, and with that, so if he builds his body up, his tackles are going to be excellent. He'll have a very low center of gravity, of course, um, but they admire his hard work. And going at pick four, well, we had our pick of him, so we must have we must have seen something. Well, the write up on him, uh, going off what you just said, is he's got the strength and the class to be a pretty good quality inside mid. And uh, when you do look at his height and his weight, it's like. Okay, um, got my question marks around strength, but that'll come in time, mate. That'll come. Uh, looking at this year's stats, he averaged 24.8 disposals, 5.3 marks, 6.6 tackles. And like I said, there's not much online, but there is 
at least one highlight reel of a best on ground performance he had with Norwood. We basically dominated and found plenty of the footy, finished with five goals. So you can find that on YouTube, uh, and I recommend that because that's some exciting footage. He's running on top of the ground. He, he, he obviously has a great spatial awareness as well. So this could be a diamond. We spoke about finding guys that uh, you know, I thought it would be more Victorian players that hadn't had the opportunity to play. Um, but obviously nine games for Norwood in 2020. They've had a few recruits out of South Australia recently. And um, this will be... Very interesting to see how he comes on. Well, fair's fair, mate. I mean, Puopolo goes to Norwood and we take one of theirs. That's fine. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, actually. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I think you're right in saying the theme of this draft for us in terms of what we're going for with our acquisitions is speed. Uh, we, we want to get pacey and we want to do it right now. Um, and, and look, you know I like it because that's what I was looking for. But do the media like it? What marks did we get? Do you know? Uh, I've read at least one report card that gave us a solid B, and I'm inclined to agree with that. I think that's thereabouts. That's out of the Herald Sun, yeah? Uh, I think the one I read was on Fox. I'm not sure. Can't remember. Are they the same? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's so hard to know. Yeah. Well, it's, you don't know for a few years, do you? I just There was so much high-end talent in the mids that uh, maybe they would have taken Phillips if he'd been available. Maybe they would have taken Logan McDonald, but uh, we've got a very good player and we've got a player that we can build our side around. I guess I was curious the entire time, beyond our pick six, uh, how you thought the draft was going. Because I know you didn't want to take a defender, so I did think of you and I thought, okay, how's he going to feel about this? But, you know, I I reckon a B is fair enough. Um, There's so many... I mean, what do we have? We, we've taken five players. We've acquired five players all up in this period. Uh, I think we know what we're getting with the DGB. Denny, the Don. Shaggy, thank you very much. Shaggy. <laughs> uh, we know what we're getting with Downey, I reckon. We can be pretty confident there. Then we've got Saunders, Brockman, and Mitchell, who it's just difficult to say. Is this a draft full of diamonds in the rough for us? That's what it feels like. We won't know for a little while yet. And that's why I probably grade us as a B rather than anything higher. And we've kept a position free on the list, haven't we, for uh, the SPP or the uh, mid-season period. So there's a little bit of... Uh, I think most clubs are in that position too. They've all retained one free spot. Yeah, well, it's it's just smart, isn't it? It's prudent thinking to just keep that insurance. Um, of course, anything could change between now and then, Tiz. You just never know with the AFL these days. They've, of course, made more changes, uh, so we'll run through it now. Um, the first of which being that full-time footy is back, the AFL website reports. So we're going back to 20-minute quarters in 2021. Tiz, how are you feeling about that? Oh, terrific. That's exactly what they should be doing. But do I get enough time to go to the bathroom at half-time, or have they... I'm not I'm, I'm not sure about that. They might have mentioned that, but I, I didn't uh, do the whole Control-C, Control-V into our rundown. I thought I'd, uh, I'd move on to the other big news instead, and that's the fact that we have a floating fixture, which, of course, has been that way for many years for Hawthorne. It's always been a floating fixture, floating in a toilet bowl in a public restroom somewhere. Oh, wow. But at least we could prepare for it in the past. <laughs> That's right. As fans and as a club, 
and uh, now that's denied us as well. But I can understand why it's floating uh, for 2021. They're just um, trying to avoid uh, planning and prepayments and hotel bookings and things like that yeah. that don't come through in the end. Yeah, yeah, they've got to proceed with caution. That's just uh, that's just the way things are at the moment. Um, and it's not great for fans. I know a lot of people have been caught offside by it, rubbed up the wrong way. Uh, the league has locked in, well, they're going to announce the first six rounds of the next season. Round seven onwards is going to be a flexible type setup with matchups released, but dates, times, and broadcasting arrangements confirmed closer to the games. And that's just going to have to be the way forward considering where we've come from. Anything else? Do they have a, any more tinkering? or? Yeah, they did, Tiz. And I'm a little concerned that this seemed to be uh, buried in amidst all the fixture stuff and the quarters. Um, they've made, I think, pretty significant changes to the tribunal guidelines and the match review guidelines. So the league has expanded the definition of high contact to cover a careless or intentional dangerous tackle that has the potential to cause injury through dangerous high contact with the ground, even if that contact does not actually occur. <laughs> you furrowed your brow at the last bit. <laughs> it's so good because when I read it, I had the exact same reaction. <laughs> I had to read that a couple of times. Yeah. Another intent and potential clause to... Uh, anyway, the AFL gods get more powerful again with phrases like that, so... <laughs> That's what we want, don't we? Yeah. Additionally, upgrading impact based on potential to cause serious injury has been expanded to include all intentional strikes rather than only head-high ones. Oh, jeez. They're going to run... Hawkins out of the game with this kind of stuff. What's going on? <laughs> I, I was going to mention Hawkins too. Also, Lynch could be in a fair bit of trouble the way he's going. Yeah. Uh, no, that, that is one change though that I give a, a big tick to. That should definitely be part of it. And finally, the contesting the ball exception relating to high bumps and forceful front-on contact has received an alteration in phrasing going from... The player was contesting the ball and did not have a realistic alternative way to contest the ball to the player was contesting the ball and it was reasonable for the player to contest the ball in that way. Sure. I'm sorry, I flipped the coin, but I can't tell which one's heads, which one tails. What's the difference? (laughs) Yeah, why have they changed it? What are they worried about? What sticky situation do they think they're going to have to get out of that the phrasing is going to save them? Anyway, anyway. That's, uh, that's for summer reading. You just That's the kind of stuff you take to the beach, these kind of announcements, and you wonder about how the quality of football is going to be improved by such nonsense. Well, I put it to you before we move on. When was the last time we saw some uh, forceful front-on contact in our game, Tiz? Um, didn't Chris Scott try to knock out David King coming off the boundary that day? <laughs> Well, you're in the ballpark because we're talking Geelong, aren't we? In the grand final. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was a magnificent hit. I felt that in my lounge room. Look, I, I'm not suggesting anything. I definitely am, listeners. I'm not suggesting anything, but maybe a knee-jerk reaction to what we saw on that evening? I don't know. I don't know. Now, on to the questions, yeah? This is the good part. Enough of this uh, 
paper pushing from the <laughs> AFL. <laughs> the uh, tedious bureaucracy of it all, yeah. We, we better get to some miscellaneous listener questions. Uh, we heard from Danny, who has a very meaty question here at Hawk Talk Pod. What are your individual opinions on how many, if any, games each of the following play at AFL level next season? Now, he's got a sizable list here. We're going to run through a Heavily dependent on performance. <laughs> uh, if we perform well early... Uh, not many of these guys will get a look, but uh, if not, they, they will each of them probably get a shot. All right, let, well, let's run through them. We've got first cab off the rank, Denver Granger Barras. Uh, I imagine he does definitely feature in 2021. Just how many games is really difficult to predict. I, I would say he doesn't debut round one, though. No, they don't usually do that at Hawthorne, so... You'd say less than six, and that'd be a big win for him. Yeah, I think that's about right. Seamus Mitchell and Connor Downey. I mean, Connor seems to be ahead of Seamus in in his development, so um, I wouldn't probably see Seamus play. Connor Downey would play after the bye. Tyler Brockman. I mean, if you get on a roll and you're kicking a lot of goals at Box Hill, he might get a look. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, It comes back to what we mentioned before, that healthy competition. That spot, as far as I'm concerned, of that small, dangerous forward is still up for grabs. You know, I reckon off the top of my head, you got uh, Ollie Hanrahan, who's probably sitting atop that perch, but you could knock him off. He, he's, not, he's not doing that well that he's got it sewn up. Well, they ignored him for large parts of 2020. They did. Finn McGuinness... Uh, I don't think he's going to take no for an answer. No. Uh, so he will be playing a fair proportion, I would say. Jacob Kaczynski, on the other hand, needs to play, must play. Yeah. If he doesn't get in the side, curtains. Harry Pepper. Yeah, he's an interesting one, isn't we? <laughs> I feel like we don't know much about him. I don't think they've settled on a spot. You see, we've been, we haven't been able to watch these guys in the VFL. So yeah. Um, Harry Pepper. It'll be interesting to see where he lines up, where Sam Mitchell wants him. Yeah. And um, where the club want him to develop. So I'm very excited for him. Josh Morris, I expect he'll develop into a, into a player uh, selected each week next year. I, I think so, yeah. I think uh, this is going to be a very important season for him. It could be the making of him. As for the next guy, Emerson Jecker is um, one of the more exciting prospects in my mind. I, I can't wait to see what he does in 2021. Yeah, um, I, I just don't know what's going to happen with our tall forwards, and, and, and he loves to cover the ground. So Emerson Jacker, with the uncertainty that surrounds our current lineup in the forward line, um, he's got a great chance. Yeah, real opportunity. And the only one that isn't mentioned here is Jack Saunders, and you'd imagine he'd be playing out the VFL just for just for the first couple of years. Yeah, yeah, I think that's going to take some time. Uh, I would also say Mitchell and Brockman might take some time as well. I'm not sure, you know, they're going to debut in 2021. But uh, look, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, Danny's challenge is to put a number on it, a precise number. That's that's enormously tricky. Well, most of those, I mean, we've we've said Finn McGuinness will play, Josh Morris will play, um, Connor Downey. He'll probably get a couple of games ready to go, and I think the supporters want to see him come out and play yep Seamus Mitchell is an interesting one if he's really that quick it might be a case of well if he's that quick just stick him on the outside and it'll be all right (laughs) um you know there's uh but yeah it's um it's good isn't it the just to see some new faces hit the hit the group it's also depressing watching guys leave and retire (laughs) uh you know 
uh, celebrate some great careers, but um, it is it is endings, and uh, this is beginnings. This is the chaser, mate. We had the shot, and this is the nice chaser afterwards. It feels good. We heard uh, from Gus Heath at Hawk Talk Pod. What are your thoughts on Damon Greaves and CJ, and where should they play going forward? Look, it's turning into a Mighty Ducks team. Everyone <laughs> behind the ball, and then they run in a V up the middle of the G. <laughs> I guess it is a bit, yeah. I can picture that. And Damon Greaves, he'll be a back pocket, half-back specialist. CJ, they're putting him behind the ball because he can't get his own ball yet. He's very good at intercepting, but he doesn't accept the ball well. Um, doesn't doesn't uh, lead up well. So he's got huge development. And they they let him they let him linger for a while, didn't they? They didn't say, all right, you're here next year. Go get ready. They sort of, and I think he took it off the profile on Insta or Twitter or something that he's a Hawthorne player, and everyone was like, "Oh, what's going on?" <laughs> and uh, wow, so CJ, exciting, but um, uneducated in the kicking and and sort of the game style. Yeah. yeah. So he's just he just needs to settle and understand what's going on around him, but the, the potential is massive. Yeah. Well, that's it. I wouldn't. Wouldn't mind nurturing the um, attacking side of his game. I think he could with his speed and his endurance, which, I mean, he, he came runner-up to Finn in the time trial, so that's something as well. But I, I think those are big assets of his game that need nurturing. I think we can develop him into a more attacking player than he is. What was happening last year was the supporters were going, oh, great, some unpredictability. We can hit it off the halfback flank. But it was completely unpredictable Yeah, <laughs> uh, to his teammates as well. Now, yeah. if it can be unpredictable to the opposition but predictable to his teammates, that is the goal. Uh, as for Damon Greaves, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. He'll play back pocket. He'll remain a defender. He's earned that. Uh, he, he deserves to keep on playing his trade as a defender. And he'll, uh, he'll compete with uh, Blake Hardwick, I think. So day Denver, Sicily in 2022, there's some big talent in the back line. Well, let, let's go through them. You, you started with Day, Sicily, Denver, Scrimshaw, Hartigan, Hartley. Hardwick. Hardwick, yep. So <laughs> basically, Pico's had enough. He's sending Hardwick and Sicily forward. Is that is that what we're looking at here? Well, you know, you know my thoughts on Sicily forward. <laughs> But by the same token, it's nice to have the option, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Total football all the time. Exactly right. We heard from Stewie Bro at Hawk Talk Pod. Uh, No question. There we go. Uh, Better hats off to you guys. You managed to get all this Hawks content out, which must be time consuming, and it's greatly appreciated all round. Great work is all I can say. Well, gee, that's not bad, is it? Yeah, that's that's a lovely pat on the back. Thank you, Stewie, bro. Yeah, love reading that. That means a lot to us. Uh, I think that's a nice place to sort of wrap it up and get to the socials and talk about how you can follow Stewie, bro's lead and <laughs> leave us a nice comment or two. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done that yet. We're also on Twitter. We made it to 2,400 followers, which is a huge milestone. I was hoping we'd get there by the end of the year, and we have done, and, and that's enormous. So thank you, everyone, that's jumped on board there. Facebook is also an amazing community, and we love hearing from people over on Facebook. Facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. Uh, Instagram is our new one. That's growing all the time, too. Have a lot of fun over there. Just search for Hawk Talk Podcast. You'll find us there. And uh, Patreon. We've got two people to thank, Tiz. Uh, two shout-outs. Patreon.com slash HawkTalkPod. Thanks, first of all, to Stalking Hawk. 
Thanks for jumping on board. And also Stephen has just jumped on while we're recording. Yes, the email came through. Uh, That was good to see. So thanks very much, Stephen. So, mate, what happens now? We've got one more app, don't we? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I think think that might be it for the year. Yeah, we've got our uh, season in review, our year review with, uh, with Ash Brown teed up. So... Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, we've also got the AGM. I don't know if you want to return and discuss the fallout from that. Oh, yeah, is that happening? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I have registered. Just uh, point that out. Yeah, I registered uh, and completely forgot about it immediately. Um, <laughs> I heard Ash talking to Will Day the other day. That was good. Oh, yes, on the Golden Years podcast, yep. He's, he's a lovely man, Will. And I noticed, you know, in, in the interviews, you're, you're judging these guys on three minutes and, and hopefully it's before they've had the media training. But these days, it's usually post-media training. They've all been well and truly vetted. And uh, you're just looking for the kind of um, glimpses of personality that we got from uh, Puopolo much too late in that uh, presser that he did with his own teammates. That was fantastic. What a great gimmick that was. Yeah, I could I could only encourage uh, Hawthorne to uh, let their personalities be on show for a lot of them. That reminds me, actually, something I don't think I've discussed with you at all is um, Box Hill Hawks team meeting with uh, Sam Mitchell flourishing in the senior coach role. Did you see that footage? Yeah, so they've signed on with Amazon Prime, is that right? A- <laughs> yeah, no, they wish. <laughs> it was good viewing, though. It was It was like... You know, there was a short grab on socials and then an extended video elsewhere, but uh, he's very impressive, and I hope he achieves results. That's the other thing. You can say all the right things, but you've got to get the team moving. Exactly right. Track that one down. It's on YouTube, uh, Sam Mitchell's address to his team, so it's definitely worth checking out. Um, but, yeah, as you say, Tiz, we're very close to the end of 2020, and I think... With the draft, my my hunger to see some footy and be back at the G is probably at an all-time high. Yeah, well, a few of us will be back at the G for the cricket, but that'll only whet the appetite for footy. We'll be back for one more episode at least uh, with Ash Brown tying a bow on everything that's happened in 2020. What a year it's been. We're looking forward to chatting with him. Looking forward to your company. Next podcast, we are a happy team at Hawthorne.